Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. Yes, it is Brent Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We say happy holidays. Uh, we talked about, we've got Mike Samich, and of course, we've got uh, our buddy Mike Palm with Palms Pressing 3 coming up in just a little bit. Great hour to come here on the Lombardi Line. We talked about the great matchups this weekend. I don't know if you've seen it. Remember, AFC Championship game last year, Cincinnati goes to Kansas City. I think it was 27-24. There's a lot of S talk going on between these two teams leading up to this matchup in Cincinnati. I'm sure you saw it. Like Reed and Hurst, like everybody's getting involved. You know, Cincinnati's feeling themselves, and a lot of prognosticators are feeling Cincinnati right now, yet they're catching two as Cincinnati as Kansas City's lane one and a half, two on the road there at Cincinnati, Michael. Well, I mean, when you break it down, look, I, I think Cincinnati has taken great steps. I mean, in the last five games, they're the eighth best team in the league, right? In the last five games, the problem is the Chiefs are the second best team. You know, and they're, they've played much better in their offensive line. I mean, they used to be in the bottom court quartile of protecting the passer. Now they're the only 22nd, you know, and their defense, we know this, they do a really good job of adjusting through the game. And the fact that I, I was impressed, and, you know, I, I'm not easily impressed by Zach Taylor, but I was impressed by them controlling the ball for the final six minutes of that game against Tennessee. You know, when Vrabel went for the field goal to cut it to 20-16, right. to 16, He's thinking he's going to get the ball back. He didn't. And the Bengals were able to execute without Jamar Chase, without Joe Mixon. And i got to give him credit. I think there was a sense of toughness there. Uh, this will be a challenging game. But, look, the Chiefs are 1-5 are, are in five against the spread with teams with a winning record. You know, and they're 0-7-1 in their last eight games against the AFC. So, I mean, the trends say, you know, and the Bengals in their last 27 games are 27 against the spread. 20 and 7 against the spread the last seven games. 27 games. Now that's pretty impressive. I think they're playing really well right now, Cincinnati. I think it'll be a great atmosphere for the game. I think it'll be incredible. Uh, you know, I think Cincinnati's defense has to play can has to play attached. But look, the last time they played 21 to 3, it was a blowout, you know, and next thing you know, Mahomes doesn't play well. Now, they're not rushing the passer as well as they did last year, right? 
And it's one of the areas that I think Cincinnati has, has declined a little bit this year. It's, it's, they really, defensive sack per play, they're 29th in the National Football League. That, that's the one. Hendrickson and Hubbard, they're not having the same year that they had last year rushing the passer. Here's what I do know. The numbers don't have any bias associated with them. If your numbers end up telling us to take Cincinnati, Taylor over Reed and Mahomes, I'm going to pay attention to those numbers because that's not a matchup you would generally like. You would generally favor Reed and Mahomes in this matchup. I mean, I have this as a 2.26 game, and my game trends in the game are really dead even. I mean, both teams are strong in a lot of areas. So, like, I don't know, you know, like this is one of those where it just might be best to stay away from it and enjoy it. I think the Bengals, I think it's going to come down to a field goal at the end of the game. I really do. I, I think it's that close of a game. I think we'll see this game again. That was a playoff game in Tennessee. And Cincinnati rose to the occasion, and their offensive line played a hell of a lot better than I thought they could. I really did. I thought that I thought Burrow would be under attack, and based on what I've seen from their line most of the season, and he wasn't. He was able to get the ball out and make throws. With Chase back, that certainly helps their offense. 100%. And now that I think of it, Cincinnati was spicy with the Tennessee fans and the Tennessee players as well, because remember – Cincinnati opened the wild card, could have got beat by the Raiders, to be fair. Then they went to the Titans and beat, beat them 1960. Yeah, the Raiders were in that mix. Uh, the Bengals 27-24, and they went on to lose the Super Bowl 23-20. But the Bengals right now feeling themselves catching a point and a half, two points uh, this weekend, late window against Kansas City. So we shall follow that. Um, look, they should be. Burrow, it, it's not necessarily a separation because we know how tremendous he is. But he has been that constant because they've had injuries all around him. And since he returned from his injury, he's been infallible. I mean, he's just been awesome. He's been really good. And, you know, he's been able to and, – and they haven't really run the ball, Patrick. I mean, they've struggled to run the ball in most games. You know, they haven't been great in that area. And yet they've been able to find a way. He makes enough plays here and enough plays there. And, look, yep. this defense has been good all season. I mean, you know, they, they've been able to make adjustments in the second half. You know, and, and they've been able to kind of find a way to win the game. And, you know, they're good on third down. They're they're one of those teams that, that, that plays well on third down and they can pressure and they and they can disrupt. I mean, that's the thing. They are able to. Now, and they hold their up they don't give up big plays. I mean, their defense only allows a six point eight yards per attempt. And when they stop turning the ball over, when when they stop turning the ball over Cincinnati, that's when they're the most dangerous. When they play to their strength, which is their field goal kicker, their ability to control the ball, and their defense, that's when they're at their best. And and they've done that. And that's why they're seven and four, and they're they're peaking again at the right time. I mean, just they're pr- peaking at the right yeah. time. It's kind of how you want you, you want to start building this way. I just mean, a programming note. Go ahead, please, Michael. Think of. Think about this. They they turned the ball over five times in the opening game. Okay? They've had seven disaster. turnovers since. The, yeah. And the well, game they lost, the, the only game they, Wow. Yeah. They only have had seven since. And the game it was the game they lose to Cleveland, they had two turnovers in that game. Now, in fairness, they haven't created a lot of turnovers with their defense. But this defense is very good in the red zone. They're the sixth best red zone defense. Programming note. Michael, we log off 11 my time to your time at 2.15. You're going to go on with McAfee, and I'll have a little fun with this. So Lombardi with McAfee, they do a great job together uh, coming up 2.15 Eastern Standard Time. What will he open with? 
Will he open with the mayor, Kyler? Will he open with Aaron Rodgers? <sighs> Verge of elimination? Are they going to shut it uh, down I, with the injuries? I, I, what, what do you think your opening is? You know, there? I have no idea. I have no idea where he'll go with It's not this, matchups. But I, I, it's always drama. You know what I mean? Like, the, the way that well, society is Well, he knows I'll tell today. the truth. I mean, I think one yes. of the reasons he likes me, he knows I'll tell the truth. It's like, you know, somebody tweeted to me yesterday that I was on uh, Gottlieb, and he said, Lombardi didn't hold back. I, I, I tweeted back. I, I didn't hold. I wasn't. I just told the truth. I told you what I think. I, I mean, what's wrong with that? Like, what is wrong with that? Like, why can't why can they do in politics have a conversation about what they like and don't like? And yet in sports, you have to be very careful. You don't want to upset anybody. It should be the other way around. Because you know how it works as far as Peterson calling out Murray. There's this snitches get stitches and fraternity like situation that. They yeah, have, but I mean, like, look, I, I don't need I don't need somebody in the league to tell me what I'm watching on the tape. Like, I don't need that. I, I can watch the tape and make up my own mind. Isn't that what you're supposed to do if you're an ex-player and you played 12 years in the league, you went to a Super Bowl, you've been around Hall of Fame players? Isn't that what you should do? You would think. you got to have some gumption. you got to stand on it because uh, people are – if you're going to talk about it like you do, you stand uh, You stand by your Well, I mean, you got to make an opinion, right? People want to hear what you think. I mean, like, like I think to me, as much as I love the Patriots, I think it's a hard matchup. I think there's certain games that are hard. I think New England is yet to prove to me that they can handle a sick back attack. I think Cincinnati, as much as I'm not in love with Zach Taylor, I love Lou Amaromo, and I think their defense keeps them in games and tough. And I think with Mixon back, they're going to need him to run it to keep him off balance. You can't go throw the ball 50 times against Cincinnati, against Kansas City, excuse me. Okay, well, then I have a, a genuine, what I think is a concern for Washington. So Washington's won six to seven. They're headed to the Giants. Washington's laying two and a half. What do you do here if you're Rivera, who's completely turned this team around off the strength of the defense? But Taylor Heineke, he's been playing bad ball, Michael. Bad ball. Now Carson Wentz, the guy you paid a ton of cash, is healthy behind him. Do you ride the hot hand because your team is winning? Or do you go Wentz? That's the dude you brought in to take you to that next level because Heineke, the numbers just don't add up. Well, you're not going to change Heineke. I mean, he gives them some confidence. And basically, what you can change is how you manage Heineke. What you've got to say to Heineke is, look, we've won six of the last seven games, okay? In those games, now, in those games, we've turned the ball over. We've turned the ball over six times. We've got to cut that down. We were fortunate to beat Philly because we were plus two in turnover takeaway. We were fortunate. Now, why have we won six games? And I'm going to give you the answer why they've won six games. Because we've eliminated you from hurting us. We only ran for we ran for 128 against Chicago. We ran for 160 something against uh, uh, I mean 198 against Green Bay. We ran for uh, 166 against Green Bay. We ran for 98 against Arizona. I mean Indianapolis. We ran for 125 against Minnesota. One 180 against Philly. Almost 200 against Houston. And last week we ran for 140. We're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball. And we're going to run it more than we got to throw it. We're going to eliminate you from making a mistake. And if I were Washington and if I was Ron Rivera, I'd say to Scott Turner, Scott, let's try to keep the ball out of the middle of the field where he can't see. And if we want to throw it in the middle, let's kind of move him a little bit so we give him some chance because he's going to overthrow those throws. I think you nailed it with the commanders. They do have an identity now, right? They have a bit of a, if you go Brian Robinson Jr. And then you go Gibson, change of pace. 
but their identity is run the football. They, you saw it against the Eagles, and then defend. Defend the run with that awesome defensive front, which is a difference maker. And Deron Payne with the tip pass, I mean, that is a difference. That is the difference this year for the Commanders is that defensive front, and eventually they're going to get Chase Young back. Okay, so here, you know, I know this is really simplistic, but at the end of the day, this is what matters most. In the first, when they were, when they ended up, when they, in the first five games, okay, in the first five games, they committed eight turnovers. Their defense only received, only got one. They were minus seven in turnover takeaway, and they're one and four. So they fixed that problem, right? They stopped turning it over against Chicago. They got two. You know, and they've gone that way. That's their formula. They got to play yep. great defense, not turn the ball over. It's why it's so simplistic, but every time you go, I go to a box after a game, I go straight to the turnovers and penalties, and you can kind of start putting the pieces of that story together from there. Michael Lombardi, tremendous when we come back. Samich and then Palm right here on the Lombardi line. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, we got you back here. Pet MGM, of course, the sponsor of the Lombardi Line, as we say hi. Visit the king of sportsbooks, betmgm.com, or download the app. It's been reconfigured. It's better. The in-game experience is much better, which is very important. It's very responsive. Betmgm.com, or download the app. You've got to be 21 years or older. It's 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. We've got you back here on a Thursday. Our Thursday staples, Will Hill, professional handicapper Mike Samich, and then, of course, Mike Palm. So we welcome in Mike Samich, who did a great job for us on Thanksgiving as well. 
Mike, let's continue with the conversation. Go ahead, pose your question to Michael Lombardi. I wanted the audience to hear what I was hearing dur- during the break. Of course, yeah. Watching these, uh, watching this NFC North teams play last weekend, something kind of jumped out to me, and that was that it's time for both the Packers and the Bears to play for next year. I, I don't see a great reason why Aaron Rodgers or Justin Fields should take another snap now. You want to get higher draft picks. You almost want to lose some of these games. And with the Packers, you kind of need to figure out what you have with with uh, with love as well. So, uh, what do you think, Michael? Should should they put these two quarterbacks on the shelf, or is it, it time to keep them in there? Well, I mean, let's start. What is the crux of the problem in Green Bay? The crux of the problem is is for all this conversation outside uh, by Twitter and all the experts is Aaron Rodgers is going to be the quarterback of the Packers next year because they paid him when they signed him to that contract last offseason. They did it with a three-year window. So that eliminated Jordan Love from the discussion. So now if, if you're the Packers, Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekust, you're saying if we play him, will it help our draft value with him? If we play him, will it hurt him? Because, you know, people can get conned. I mean, I was on a radio show yesterday. Where they said, you know, Jordan Love looked good against Philadelphia in the last couple of minutes. Philly's opponent was the clock, not the Packers. Like, seriously, right. you want, you know, like, let's stop with that. Oh, he looked good. You know, like the, their opponent was the clock, not the Packers. So you got to manage that. And I, and that's the one that I'm not sure of. Look, if Rodgers isn't healthy, don't play him. To me, Justin Fields, if he's not 100% and he can't be the sixth running back, which is what he is, there's no sense in playing him. The problem is what this has taught you is whoever backs up Fields has to be like Fields. He's got to be like Fields. He's got to be – because you can't change offenses because your offensive line is not going to be good enough next year. It's going to take some time. So, to me, because you got to protect the quarterback's health, I would, I would sit fields through the rest and get the draft pick. Yeah, a great point there on the backup running back – or backup quarterback as well. You see what, what Baltimore has done, backing up Lamar Jackson, so you don't have to change that offense every time you flip it through. That would be a great, great move by Chicago to get someone who can move uh, – or use their feet to be able to be aggressive on the offensive side. And if I were Chicago, I would definitely get that, and I would play them both at the same time. I would go all single wing. I would go all single wing. I, I would go get Papa Bay. I go back into the the Hallis Hall and get all those tapes out there of the single wing before before Clark Shaughnessy came in and changed the off. I would get all that and start running some of that stuff. I'd get the Packer tape and, and watch Cecil uh, Isbell and and Arnie Hammer and and watch them run it because that's what they did. They had two quarterbacks on the field at the same time. Or you could just get my high school tape. You, you could get my high school tape of me running the wing T, Michael Lombardi. You, the wing T yeah. is so antiquated. <laughs> that was the best. Okay, so a couple of things on tonight. Great question from Samich. Mike Samich joining us here at Lombardi Line. Buffalo, New England. So Michael's number is closer to four and a half. He's not buying the steam. It looks like you're not buying the steam either. Of course, open five and a half. We actually had some shots, sh- shops touch three today, but mostly three and a half across the board, Samich. Yeah, I, I had this game around 5.2, um, and, and I could understand. I wasn't planning on betting it when it was at four and a half, um, simply because this is a tough spot for Buffalo, essentially back-to-back-to-back road games. You had, a, I, I thought the, Chris, the Thanksgiving spot was absolutely brutal, too. You essentially play in Detroit, you fly home, you fly back to Detroit, play in a short week. Now you're flying back home. Now you're going to New England. So not the best spot. I think that's why you're seeing New England take some steam here. And everyone remembers that that first game in Buffalo last year between these two teams. Belichick out just, you know, galaxy brains everybody. Runs the ball every single play except for three. Throws three passes and ends up beating Buffalo 14-10. to 10. That was mainly weather-driven. You look at the other two games last year. Buffalo dominated on the offensive side of the football. Was able to move it up and down the field. Josh Allen had a ton of success with his legs. 
once this got to three and a half, I, I got to bet Buffalo. I think this is just too big of a move in this spot, especially for a game that Buffalo really needs. I mean, it, it's so important for them to win this division if they want to try and get to the Super Bowl. Uh, they don't want to be the five seed. And they're already 0-2 in the division. That's your first tiebreaker here. If you tie with the Dolphins, they've lost the Dolphins already. These division games mean a lot to Buffalo. I expect them to play well and be able to move the football tonight. Yeah, I do too, Mike. I'm with you. I'm not buying the movement. I'm not buying the steam. I'm not buying anything. Until I can see the Bills punt, which they haven't done in eight quarters, I'm not buying anything. Josh Allen, too, this specific New England defense is not that fast. They struggle with quarterbacks that run. We were just talking about Justin Fields. He tore them up on Monday night. Josh Killed Allen him. was the leading rusher in both of the regular season games against the Patriots last year. His total is right now at 45 and a half. I, I like the over there as well. I think he gets six, seven carries in this spot, and that's going to send him over. He's got the wheels to beat this Patriots defense. They're playing well right now. He's making some bad decisions. That's been the biggest issue with him is these, these bad red zone picks. That's more of a mental thing than an injury thing to me. So I, I think Josh Allen has a pretty good night tonight. I think he stays focused. And I think the Bills get it done. It's funny. Your caps, Michael, were essentially the same. Simpatico, right? Yeah. Like, remember, that 14-10 win by the Patriots last year early in the season, that was a weather game. So you can almost yeah. throw that out. That wasn't and, – and, and, Michael, you mentioned that as a significant shift in how the Bills used Allen moving forward. Yeah, they went to a six-back attack. In that game, they didn't use him in the red zone as a runner. You know, and when they file, and then the next week they went to Tampa and they lost that overtime game in Tampa. But, they, you know, they struggled there. I, I just think, to me – I don't know if New England has an answer. Now, New England is, in fairness, New England has spent this entire offseason with, with that thorn in their side of going touchdown, 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 end of half, touchdown, touchdown, end of game. You know, like they've, they've had a look at that. So they're going to have to have an answer. But the answer wasn't on display against Baltimore because Lamar did whatever he wanted to do. The answer wasn't on display against Justin Fields because he did whatever he wanted to do. Yep. Two good comps. We were just talking, Mike, before you came on about Washington and the Giants, a weird scheduling spot for Washington. Remember, they're going to go to the Giants. They got to buy. Then they host the Giants. Fascinating for that division. You do like the red hot Washington commanders lane two, two and a half here. It's just a, a case of two teams headed in wildly different directions. This, for me, is more of a bet against the Giants than it is a bet for Washington in a lot of ways. Look, I took the Giants over six and a half at the start of the season. I'm extremely happy they're at seven now because I'd be a little concerned if they were sitting at five or six at this point. They just keep getting more and more banged up on the offensive line. And, and Dable can only pull this magic off for so long when you're losing wide receivers and tight ends and offensive linemen. You're just losing weapon after weapon after weapon. All that's left is really Saquon Barley, Barkley and, and Daniel Jones. And, and at some point, it just gets too much to overcome. Washington on the other side should get Chase Young back. Questionable right now. It looks like he's trending toward playing. All of a sudden, this Washington defensive line becomes very, very good. I know there's yeah, issues with Terrell, Taylor, Tyler Heineke, but this Washington team plays hard for him. And I, that's what I'm looking for in a team that doesn't have an overwhelming amount of talent. I'm looking for that effort. And we are getting that consistently week after week after week from this commander's team. And it's just a really tough spot for the Giants here with, with a, a just blown up offensive line against what should be a very good front four from Washington. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's flipped, right? The, the first few weeks of the season, the first five weeks of the season, the, the Washington was giving the ball away and they couldn't create a turnover. The Giants were not giving the ball away and were creating turnovers. Now the Giants give the ball away. And they can't create turnovers. Their secondary's beat up. 
They, they don't. They can't really rush. They can't. They haven't played good in the red zone. They could have easily lost to Houston. I mean, they could be on a three-game beater, you know. And so, to me, I don't know if they can get it back. Can they run the ball on Washington? I'm sure you could say, well, Atlanta ran the ball. But Atlanta's run game is really good. Like, Atlanta's run game with Arthur Smith is really good. It's hard to defend. He understands how to run that outside zone. I don't know if you can. That's going to be the key to the game. If Barkley doesn't, doesn't dominate this game on the ground, I don't know how the Giants win. He struggled mightily against Detroit. And, he's and gassed. That's an awful sign. He's gassed, awful Mike. Sign. He can't run against Detroit. Mike, he's Barkley's gassed. He didn't run against Dallas either. He uh, to me, he looks gassed. It's a tough spot. When you look, it's Darius Slayton is your number one target on the outside. You can't even fake like you're going to throw the ball down the field. You're getting these these nine <laughs> men boxes, eight men boxes, and you have a banged up offensive line. Everything is against him, even if he's running it at 100. percent yeah, and, and you've run out of you run out of tricks. I mean, like I, I said to one of the coaches on the time. I mean, how many more submarines and boots can you have? You have in your playbook. I mean, that's what they <laughs> run. You know, it's like hard. And and, and after thir- twelve weeks, everybody knows what you're going to run. Tight split, alert boot, tight split, alert screen. You know, like everybody's calling out the plays. It's funny you mention that. You think about Atlanta, who started out on such a hot streak against the spread. All of a sudden, there's five six weeks of film on that offense, and they're not moving the ball nearly the same. No, it's hard because they they can't offset Mariota, just like the Giants can't offset Daniel Jones. That's the problem. The the game is, at some point, as Al Davis used to say to me, at some point, kid, you got to play in the game. At some point, the quarterback's going to have to play in the game. You can hide him for so long, but you can't hide him forever. And Mike saying that about Slayton. Slayton's a nice third wide receiver on a good football team. He's wide receiver one for the Giants. That's not going to get it done. Good point by Samich there. Also, Samich has the Saints catching three and a half. He likes the over 40 and a half with Seattle at the Rams. You're the best, Mike. Thank you so much. We'll talk Thank to you next you, Mike. week. Great job. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. Okay. Hey, RacingDudes.com for more information with Samich. Coming back. You look forward to it every Thursday. Mike Palms Uh-oh. here. Palms pressing three. 
went out for sushi in the evening. So I miss I miss uh, I miss that that home cooked meal like uh, like Michael enjoys. Good morning to you, Patrick. Good morning to you, Michael, and your uh, Mr. Belvedere attire looking very uh, Natalie clad there Thank you. in Ocean City. Yeah. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. Uh, where's your Where's your favorite referee? Where is? Let me ask you a question. What were you doing when they were reviewing that catch in Seattle Raider game? What were you doing the entire time? I read the Iliad. I reread it. I got done. I came back. They were still on commercial. Brad Allen. Look, I said this with Mitch and Paul. Remember, in '86, they put replay in the NFL, and it was up in the booth, and they had a guy looking at yeah. it. Right? It was then in '96 they brought it down to the field for the referee. But they had the rule when when your buddy Bob McElwee or Bernie Kukar or those guys went under the hood, it went black after 90 seconds because if you yeah. couldn't decide in 90 seconds, you got to stick with the call on the field. They need to go back to that rule. I, I love the the great Bob McElwee, the Navy product. Every morning, every morning, I see Bob McElwee and his wife on his on their bikes. They drive by my house. They go to the Longport Bridge. They turn around. He lives up on 24th Street here. He, every day. Doesn't matter what the weather, my man's out there doing it. And I think, you know, every game I had with him was a good game. I didn't say we won every game, but it was a good game. I read the Iliad is not a good response. It's a <laughs> great response. That's just funny. If it, Funny's funny. You got to call a spade a spade. Uh, the number, I saw Circa go to three earlier today. Got bitten back up the three and a half. Uh, is, what's your take on this number falling uh, with Buffalo laying three and a half right now. Look, uh, because we're getting Patriots action, that's why uh, we're going to need the Bills. But then we got buyback on the three with the Bills, so it went back to three and a half. But I don't think there's any way around it that that we're going to need the Patriot. We're going to need the Bills when the when the game's said and done. That the the majority of the number at three and a half is going to be on the Patriots here. And look, the Bills have just this last month has been very unimpressive, and we'll uh, we'll get to it in one of the pressing three a little bit. Uh, a question about the Bills and their head coach. But the confidence in the Bills, obviously, is down. Look, Dan Campbell on Thanksgiving, on that final drive, really made no attempt to win the game. It was it was, it was was ama- amazing. Like, he thought no, he they were down by two. attempted to lose the game. Yeah. I, I, Mike, he attempted to lose the game. He was the best <laughs> thing that Buffalo had going for him. They, they, I mean, he was the best thing. He doesn't squib. He, he doesn't squib it. Yeah. It's like he was unaware of everything. Third and one, let's throw it deep. Why not? Sure. You know, I, I mean, like... I don't. There's a difference, and I said this earlier in the show, between strategy and decision making, right? The strategy would lead you to believe, let's get the first down, let's keep working this clock, let's get them to use a timeout. If we get this first down, the strategy would be we got to get this in makeable field goal range. Let's win the game here if we can. But Campbell, the the end of the first half was just as bad as the end of the second half. He he struggles, and you know, and then you see, and you pointed this out with the high. I mean, what was Saturday doing on Monday night? Uh, you know, Matt Ryan. First of all, if Matt Ryan puts his shoulder down, he makes that first down. He he tries right. to forward slide. They give him a bad spot, but even with a good spot, he's a yard short. They give him a spot where he's two and a half yards short. He's gassed. You know they're not going to throw a pass on the next play. And they come up and they get in a huddle and they, you know they're giving it to Taylor. You call a timeout there, the whole playbook's open. Mike, Mike, when you get sacked or a quarterback run like that, you got to call a timeout. He lost so much on those two plays alone was malpractice. But then, Michael, he's defiant afterwards saying he never felt time was an issue and he'd do it with the same way again. And it was all about the because backside he's, block. He's looking yeah, exactly he's blaming somebody else. He's the Kyler Murray of coaches. I mean, look, he's going to blame somebody else because he thinks he has all the answers, right? 
He has all the answers. He's never been in that situation before. And the fact remains is, as an offensive lineman who's played with, you know, 12 years in the league, I've played with Hall of Fame players, I've won one Super Bowl. Anytime you get sacked, the goal, and you have timeouts, call timeout. Mm-hmm. He froze. Let's, like, come on. That was, he completely choked. And anytime you have to give your resume over and over, you're probably not qualified for something. You notice that he keeps on saying how qualified he is. And then in one big spot that he's had in three games, he completely choked. So that's that. This is random uh, for you, Mr. Palm. But I wanted to ask you, the Bills are minus 220 in division. Miami's plus 275. The Jets are 10 to 1. And you've got New England 25 to 1. Does anything stand out as far as the AFC odds to you? Uh, The Jets have to go there. They have to go and play in the weather there. I mean, uh, the Miami and the return trip. So I, I, I don't know. This is good. They're going to beat each other up there. And, and, and Kansas City, who, you know, the AFC West spent $100 million trying to knock off Patrick Mahomes and get ahead of Mahomes. And I don't know if the gap's ever been more than it is right now with the Chiefs. Uh, so the Chiefs sit in a pretty good spot to get the one seed. I, I don't know if anything's enticing enough. I can't take the Jets at 10 to 1. Uh, Miami at the plus $2 price would probably be the best bet on that board. Yeah, I mean, and, and and Mike, your sense, we said earlier in the show, if if Miami pulls the upset, that number's going to go lower. Mm-hmm. But if Miami doesn't upset them, then it's going to go, it'll, it'll change completely. Right, it's a bet on the game is really what it is. Yeah, it's exactly yeah. right. It's a bet, bet on the game. Um, I don't know if you want to weigh in on what Kyler Murray and Patrick Peterson and that back and forth, but Cliff Kingsbury in particular I think he'd been critical of in the past. He's got a four and eight team sitting on a bye after 11 wins last year. Take on what's happening in the desert. Look, what, what Peterson said to Michael's point is no surprise at all because you watch it on the sideline every week as Kyler Murray dresses down his other offensive players. I mean, it's ridiculous. How, how does he go, go off on Hopkins on the sideline? What stature does he have? What has he done in this league to dress down his receivers on the sideline, especially Hopkins like that. But this all comes back to Kingsbury and the dysfunction of that team and the dysfunction of this offense. How this guy still has a job is an absolute joke. Talk about decision-making. They call a timeout every time they have fourth down because he says, I don't have a play. One, he can't make a decision. And two, he doesn't have an offense that has a play. The whole league knows what he's going to run on fourth down. Yeah, I mean, look, look, it's a combination of all of it. But... And, and if you want to fire him, the biggest offense is sign it off on giving this guy the money. Mm. I mean, like, he should be the only one to go. Like, somebody said this guy is, should get the money. Incl- the fact that they wanted to put that clause in his contract, and they did, and they still gave him the money. Like, I, I couldn't even imagine if I went to Al Davis and said, Al, this guy doesn't work very hard, but we're going to give him $250 million, but I got it in his contract to make him work hard. I mean, I would have been out in the square. I would have been like Mus- I would have been hung. <laughs> Mussolini makes it Upside makes it to the down. show next to Mr. Bel uh, next to Mr. Belvedere. Can I? Can <laughs> I, get, I, I? Patrick, I'd like to get to a point and a question if oh, we can please. in here. Uh, look, the World Cup, real quickly. The article I wrote. I mean, one part of it was about red cards. We haven't had an early red card, so that really hasn't been a betting situation. But how about this under 30 minutes? And now it's it's from 26 to 34, depending on the game. Patrick, 31 and 11 to no goal in the first 30 minutes, 74 percent, and that's a minus 110 number. I mean, if you just had done that blindly here, that's even better than Michael was 70 uh, percent a couple of years ago in the NFL. Michael, I got a survivor question for you. 
I've had this question posed to me. Now, 71 still remain. Only three got knocked out over the whole weekend. Uh, if you had a choice in Survivor, would you, re- would you take the Browns at Texans or the Seahawks at Rams? Seahawks. That's several Seahawks. people have posed that question to me as taking, you know, in this week, in this spot, one of these two uh, road I, I favorites. Think this is the la- I think for Houston, this is a custard last stand game. I think they're going to play as – if they don't play well in this game with everything in front of their owner, mm-hmm. I think they get fired. I think it could be, you know, like, wait a minute, we're, we're, we're horrible. We're 1-10, in 10, you know, we've 1-10-1. I, I mean, I, to me, we've got to play well against the guy who's coming back. How many left in Survivor? 71. Only three went out on Thanksgiving – there were three that had the Patriots, and they weren't uh, oppo picks with Patriots-Vikings. It was just three Patriots on their own. It's interesting, of the 74 that went into the weekend, Patrick, 12 of them started with only one entry at the beginning of the year. 29 of them started with six. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's just it's 10 amazing. minutes, and we already got Chicks Dig the Long Snapper <laughs> and the Iliad. What's coming up next? Of course, Palms well Pressing 3 right here on Lombardi Line. v the sports betting network. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, and they unleash the spirit of Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. So every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn points, and then you use those points, you can redeem them for online bonus credits like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action, and the new BetMGM app 
featuring a fresh redesign, improved features, and again, quicker navigation. If you're planning a trip to Vegas to hang out with Mike Palm, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM reward points that you can use towards dining, shows, hotel rooms. It's great. It's betting's premier loyalty program, 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Thursday, Lombardi line, VSIN equals Mike Palm's pressing three. Let's do this. Mike Palm, of course, Vison hosts and bon vivant there, Circa. I'm going to get out of the way. What's number one? Michael, did you get a chance to watch Michigan-Ohio State? I'm going to ask you to put your GM scouting hat on. Watching the game, I noticed that C.J. Stroud would never take off and run, even with gaping lanes, nor did Ryan Day ever call one single designated running play for him. So I decided to take a look at his stats. He has 102 yards rushing in two seasons as a starter at 1.5 yards per carry. By comparison, Patrick Mahomes, hardly thought of as a running quarterback or the quarterback of a six-back offense, has run for 300-plus yards in each of the last two years and will likely top 400 yards this year. My question is this. With draft season and draft betting season approaching, is Stroud an unwilling or incapable runner, and can you be either in today's new NFL? Look at Allen, Hurts, Mahomes, Jackson, etc. And regardless of the answer, is he even more viable than Justin Fields, also from Ohio State, as an NFL quarterback? Stroud is about to be a top three or even a top draft pick. It feels like a fire GM and coach in waiting for whoever takes him. Or am I just crazy? I think a couple things here. You know, at halftime of the Michigan game, Ryan Day talked about how he was impressed with his team toughness. I, I, I don't even think Ryan Day understands the first thing about toughness. And I don't think Ryan Day understands how to make his team tougher. And I think a lot of this is either the coaching it or allowing it to happen. I think Stroud is really accurate. But I agree. I think there's times you have to make plays with your feet. And somebody's got to coach him on it. Like, if you're going to play Tampa 2, if you're going to play two, cover 2 tonight, if Belichick decides to play two deep man under, Josh Allen's going to take off. He's going to run. And it's going to be for 20 yards. So that, that defense gets eliminated. So, to me, there's a disconnect between the, the head coach and the offensive coordinator of Ohio State to Stroud. Like, CJ, we got to run him out of this coverage. Or you're going to have to move and make a first down. Like, I want to go into every game, every game I play, I want the quarterback to get at least two first downs with his feet. It takes the pressure off everybody. It takes it off everybody. you got to get two first downs. Somehow, some way, because it slows down the rush. It slows down the coverages. They don't get the chance to play t- to cover t- a two deep man under. They don't get to play all this one under. They don't have to spy you. They don't have to put somebody in the box. To me, I think it's coaching malpractice, Mike. I don't want Bryce Young. I don't want Will Levis. Hendon Hooker's injured, and he's 25 years old. I guess that leaves by elimination C.J. Stroud, Mike Palm. Yeah, it's tough here with this quarterback prop because there's a hole in every one of them. Um, so, yep. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm the kid at Mississippi State uh, at times uh, is impressive to me. Um, I, I think he's a bit underrated. He is. I mean, Quickly. I think he can throw the ball with timing mm-hmm. too. You know, I think that's what we're looking for is somebody to throw it with timing. And to me, my point about Ohio State and toughness is Ryan Day's done nothing to make the team. T- all he's done is talk about toughness. He hasn't made his team tougher. And that goes to the quarterback. You got to demand he run. Hey, you got to take off here. It's a little bit like, hey, the Raiders run toss crack last week, right? They run toss crack on fourth down. Mm. Horrible play. Mm. The A gaps were open. If they sneak the ball, they get the first down. They don't have to, they, they don't lose that possession. 
You got you to make those plays. Those can't get ignored. Hot start. Number two, Palms pressing three. Should two coaches who are probably in most people's top five and certainly in everyone's top ten be nervous about their job security? The Ravens have blown more inexplicable games just in this season than more coaches are afforded the luxury of in their careers. And if they stall early in the playoffs again, is Harbaugh on the hot seat? And the second coach is Sean McDermott. Between last year's Chiefs debacle, this year's Vikings debacle, and their record in one-score games, are these two acclaimed coaches on a hot seat, and should they be? Well, I think a couple things. So first is, if you're going to get rid of Harbaugh, who's better than him? And that answer to me, I don't know where you find that answer. I think to me, if they just stumble again, I think you've got to look at Greg Roman, the pride of Ventnor, New Jersey, Holy Spirit High School, your friend. I think Greg Roman is up for the Stanford job. Can he get that? I don't know. I don't know if he can. I know he's trying. I know they're interested by Stanford. Stanford's not the same program it once was, but he's got ties to Harbaugh, and that Stanford community loves Harbaugh. So he may have a chance, but I, I don't think you're going to be able to get a better coach than Harbaugh, but I think you got to get a better coach than what they're doing offensively. I think their offense stinks, and I've said it for four years. I think it's ridiculous. They can't throw the ball. They do nothing to help the quarterback throw the ball in the middle of the field. So for me, my solution wouldn't be replace the leader – I would replace some of the management team. As it goes to McDermott, I think to me, McDermott's done a great job of building this team. You've got to have to have a hard conversation and say, how are we going to get over the hump? Do you need help in game management? Who's part of your staff? I think this offense has gotten away from a little bit. I, I think the change from Dorsey, from Dayball to Dorsey, hasn't been as seamless as everybody seems to think it is. They don't have any continuity, and I don't recognize what they are. And a lot of that comes back to what's McDermott tolerating. And his end-of-the-game management has to be something to be considered. And I think, to me, you're better off trying to enhance that than fire him and find somebody else. For what it's worth, Bond is a Bills fan, Mike Palm, and he said McDermott should be on the hot seat. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, Here's a little bit of a corollary to this question in the first part of it. Michael, if you're the GM of the Ravens, what is your reaction to Lamar Jackson's profane-laced... response to a a Twitter criticism of his play. Does somebody need to sit down and talk to him about it, or do you just let it go? No, I think to me, he's probably the same way I am. I think Lamar thinks he's in the wrong offense. I think if you study Lamar's history as a player, he was better under center than he is in shotgun. I think they're misusing Lamar. I think he throws the ball in the middle of the field between the hash marks. They don't have an inside receiver other than Mark Andrews, who he gets the ball all the time. They don't have another one. They keep signing little guys on the outside. He doesn't throw the ball on the outside well. When you when he played for Bobby Petrino, the, one of the first plays of the game always would be a post, and he would hit the guy in the face mess. He's accurate in the middle of the field. He's not accurate on the side. I think they've done a bad job of designing an offense that fits his skill set. They're so caught up in the run, the misdirection. They're, they're not They're not doing what he does. But if Just think about this. I was thinking about this. I made a note about it. Could you imagine if Lamar was running, you know, uh, the, 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 the offense that, that utilized that skill set? I mean, could you imagine if he was running bootlegs and nakeds and doing all that stuff? He would be so deadly. Number three, Mike Palm. Michael, do you think Zach Wilson ultimately got benched for his play or was it for his words and attitude? If you were running the Jets, how would you handle their quarterback situation? 
You can't admit defeat on the guy you drafted number two overall, can you? Isn't that a permanent stain on your resume? But you can't risk losing the team over Wilson either. Is Joe Douglas secretly hoping that Mike White craps out? And whose call is it in a situation like this? Is Salah just doing what Douglas tells him? How would you handle this whole situation, Michael? Great question. Well, I think you got to call. I think you got to call. You got to call Zach Thomas and his agent into your office, and you got to have a heart-to-heart, man-to-man, because this is on him. This is as much on him. Now, I mean, I grant it. Matt, look, Mike Lafleur hasn't did nothing to really help him, and part of that is because he doesn't want him to hurt him. But Zach was a better player at BYU than he's been in any game for the Jets. I mean, Zach was a better player there. I think a lot of this has to do with maturity. It has a lot to do with accepting it, and he's spoiled. And we're going to have to de-recruit him. And we're going to have to try to find a way to get to him. Because we got to salvage this. We put a second-round pick into this. Mike White's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Are we going to sign Mike White and dump Zach Thomas? I doubt that. But we're not going to keep going with Flacco. So Mike White's going to go. If Mike White plays good for the rest of the year, Mike White's going to get a contract and go somewhere else. He could go to the, the Houston Texans and end up being a starter. He could be the Trent, Trent Green of this free agent draft class. I don't know if he can do that, but I think he got to solve it, and it starts with having a man-to-man conversation with the quarterback and not be and not be passive aggressive and look him in the eye and say, "Here's your problem. You got to own it. We got to count on you. We paid you a lot of money. We got to count on you." As Todd Bowles told his team, "You guys played this game in high school for free. This ain't a job." I love that question so much from Paul. I'm going to carry that over to tomorrow's show. The front office implications part is fascinating. Paul, you've gone to four at Circa tonight. Yeah, I'd I'd like to, when you carry it over tomorrow, also pose this to Michael. Are the Jets a Jimmy Garoppolo away from being in the AFC Finals? (laughs) There you go. They might be. They might be. Uh, Michael, it's four tonight. uh, Yeah, yeah, I think that's Trent Brown. I think this is Trent Brown related. The, 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 The offensive line... Or they got the number down low enough that they wanted to buy it back. I like the I like the Bills at four. Great job, Mike Palm. We appreciate your effort. We'll talk to you next Thursday. Big bets Thanks, coming Mike up Palm. next. You're the best. Thank you. See you tomorrow. At Bet three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. 
Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 